This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. And here we see Paul's humility again, calling him a fellow worker. Man, Paul could have been like, I am the Apostle Paul. My co-laborer, excuse me, please. Like, you're more like a youth pastor, youth intern, right? <laughs> Aphrodite is like, yeah, your name itself has like idols names in there. Like, who are you? Like, co-worker, please. But he's like, no, my co-laborer. Like, in other words, shoulder to shoulder, working with me. It's beautiful what the gospel does. And then the third thing is crazy, my fellow soldier. Wow, that's insane. This title, actually, the fellow soldier is given to soldiers who outperform their ranks. And it raises them to a level of honor and respect and dignity. And Paul says, this guy, man, he's raised to a level of honor and dignity. He's a fellow soldier. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ. And Aphrodite does it well. And he says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Once again, you see that in Aphrodite. He was like, man, I'm sick. I've got to get the ball to the end zone. I'm tired. I've got to get that. I've got to finish the task that I said yes to. Here are some of the things that I saw in Aphrodite's life that, uh, that I would have found as excuses. My name. You want me to be a Christian? You want me to be a missionary? My name has an idol's name in it, man. Now for you, most of you guys, you got good Christian names. Thank God for American names, right? Greg, what a Christian name, right? <laughs> Chris, what a Christian name, right? <laughs> and I'm just looking around, I don't know. Most of you guys, Dave, like great, amazing. You know, uh, that never really poses a problem for us in serving Christ. Hey, but oftentimes it's not really your literal name that's given to you, but it's a name that you have over you. It's the banner over you. Liar, thief, adulterer, hypocrite. Grew up in church, pastor's kids, did all the crazy stuff, and now faking it. The name that's over you. And we see with Paul too, it's amazing how God tears down his name of murderer and makes him apostle. For Aphrodite, it was his race, a Gentile, not a Jew. His health, he falls sick and nearly dies. It could have been even his lack of experience. It doesn't look like he's done anything like this before. And like I said earlier, there's unlimited excuses why you should not engage in kingdom ventures. But you have a purpose in your life and you have to answer it. You have a purpose in your life, you have to answer it. For this guy, so many different excuses. In my life, I have at least 100 excuses of why I don't want to continue serving God. But I want you to know that when God created you, he gave you a purpose. And the purpose is rooted in you serving God. Your purpose is rooted in you serving God. You're sitting over here and you might be thinking like, man, I, I've lived 50 years in this life, but I don't really know what my purpose is. Let's settle that once and for all, okay? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, and whatever you do, you want to know what your purpose is? Here we go. Whatever you do, in word or deed, that is in anything, whether you're talking, whether you're doing, whether you're sleeping, whether you're thinking, whether you're writing, whether you're singing, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, in other words, whatever purpose he brings in front of you, you do it for the glory of God. That is your purpose in life. That is your purpose in life. Whatever God brings in front of you that brings him glory, do it wholeheartedly. I'm telling you, there are times when God will call you to do some things that you're not gifted in. And he would say, but there's a need. And God will ask you to do that because he'll want you to trust him to give you the gifting and not your flesh. I know I'm preaching to someone over here, even if it's two people. There are times when God will ask you to do things that will be too much for you to do. And he will say, no, I'm calling you. I want you to step out because in your flesh you cannot do this, but you need me. Whatever you do in work or in deed, do it as unto the Lord. That is your purpose in life. And it's beautiful in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, for we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose according to his purpose. And when he 
has created you for a purpose, you need to know that no matter what obstacle comes your way, God will work it out for his good, which is for his glory, which is your good. Let me give you a quick illustration of this. I came to America about 10 years ago, bright-eyed, straightened hair, no dreadlocks. I was really excited. I had really funky shoes. It was amazing. I was like, America, here we go, right? Land of opportunity. We just got married, and four months in, the plan was for me to stay here for six months and then move to Australia or something like that because I was a radio DJ. Four months in, we found out that my wife was pregnant, and I was like, dear God, what do I do with my life now? And the first year of marriage was hell on earth. It wasn't the best because culturally we're different. I'm coming here from a place where I was doing a lot of work, had a lot of experience, and here people don't even know my name, and people wonder if I could even speak English. And it's extremely demeaning, and it tears you down. I go to get a job. Even though I have this crazy experience of working in different fields, they make me start from scratch, which is extremely demeaning. They're like, hey, I know you've been a training manager and stuff, but we're going to start you with $11 an hour, and you're starting from scratch as a trainer, as a trainee. I remember sitting in that interview, getting very angry with God and saying, what in the world did I get myself into? I'd worked all my adult life trying to gain a career and building my career, and now it's all gone. And I'm not joking. God reminded me, he said, hey, listen, I've called you to ministry and I want you to serve me. And if this is where I'm opening the door, and even if it's $11 an hour, I want you to serve me in this place. I didn't work there for too long because God called me to something else. But many years later, I was at a karaoke bar. And this girl comes up to me, this older lady. She says, didn't you work at DirecTV? And I said, yeah, yeah, I did. She said, I was going through a divorce and you pulled me aside. You encouraged me and you prayed for me. I was like, really? I was like, sweet. I was like, sounds like something that I would do. But it was amazing how, I was thinking about this. It's amazing how no matter where God puts you, whatever you do in work or in deed, do it as unto the Lord. Let your billboard say, ready to serve. Ready to serve wherever he takes you. Now, you think that, okay, after DirecTV, God just opened this beautiful opportunity. I begin to pastor it. No. I try to help the worship team because, hey, I do a pretty good job leading worship, right? Yeah, I think so too. But the worship team, you know, the, the, the worship team put me on running the metronome, guys. Okay, I'm telling you, there's nothing more embarrassing than that. All I had to do was push a freaking button and it'd go tick, 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 tick. Not even to the church, to the band in the years. Tick, 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 tick. Next song, tick, 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 tick. Oh, slower song, okay, tick. Oh, how he loves us. And if they go off tempo, turn it off quickly, right? And I had my headphones on and everything. And I'd go there for rehearsal on Thursday. I'd go there when church started early morning for the two services. And I ran that freaking metronome, man. <laughs> you guys laugh. Now, you have no idea how much I was frustrated and I was angry with God. The bass cutters had a bad stomach one day. And the worship pastor was like, hey, can you play bass? And I was like, I'm brown and I got long hair. I think I should be able to play bass, you know? <laughs> so I played bass once. That's not even my instrument. And then I just became the bass guitarist, which I hated doing because I knew that God had called me to preach. I knew that God had called me to lead worship. And here I'm playing a stupid four-string guitar that I hated. I didn't even own a bass guitar. I'm then like, Bleh. and then whenever I'd go off, the guy would give me stink looks. Like, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, like turn away, like, you know? <laughs> but... But one day I came back home, I was really, after rehearsal, I was really irritated, I was really angry, I was very bitter, to a point where I was sinning. And God said, reminded me, he said, whatever you do in work or in deed, do it as unto the Lord. You know what I did? I took my electric guitar, went to a pawn shop, traded in for a bass guitar. Came back home, practiced all weekend long. That Sunday when I played, 
oh my gosh, man, it was the best. I had so much fun. I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Actually, we did Furious. It was like, that was a beautiful, like, boom. And it was amazing. You know, I was like, man, this is, this, is, this is really, really, really good. And I'm telling you that when you do what is put in front of you as unto the Lord, you'd watch God bless you. You'd watch God open more doors. And it's in that same church that I became a youth pastor. It's in that same church that I began mentoring youth, that became youth leaders. It's in that same church that those youth leaders came along with me to plant this church. And it all started off with tick, 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 You know, your purpose, you have purpose in life. But if you think so highly of yourself and say, man, you know, you don't know who I was? Man, my face was on the billboard in India because I was a radio DJ. And people knew me by name. And over here, people are like, what's your name, Joel? Do you speak English? I'm like, ah. You know, but if you think so highly of yourself and you're not willing to humble yourself when God puts you in those situations, you would not be able to do the need that's in front of you and God would not open the doors for you. And I say this, I say this, I know, I know it's kind of funny and stuff, but I say this because a lot of you, you've been sitting in the sidelines and you've changed your sign because you're not willing to humble yourself to say, I'm ready for service no matter what. I see a need, let me put myself in this place. You worry that you'll get stuck in that place. But listen, God is the one who created you. He's the one who's organized your day-to-day life and he will open the doors and the doors that he opens, no man can close. Amen? Here's the third thing. Let's bring this home. There'll always be obstacles, but you will overcome it. <laughs> Someone's got to be excited about that. There will be obstacles in your life. Maybe you're sitting in front of an obstacle right now in serving God. You're sitting in an obstacle right now. You're like, I do not know what to do. My child is sick. I just lost my job. My company's closing down. My, you know, this, this whole career path is gone. My schooling, my school is shut. Um, you know, I spent four years doing this and now there's nothing, there's no jobs regarding this. I, I, so, I sold my house and I do not know where God's calling me to go next. I moved here from California and God knows why I did that. There'll always be obstacles. I know, nobody's thinking that, right? They were like, ah, no, you got that wrong, preacher. <laughs> There'll always be obstacles, but you will overcome it. Oftentimes, we give up the first week or the first month because things get hard. Young leaders, I want to talk to you. Just because you don't see immediate results doesn't mean that you got to give up. If God's called you to walk that direction, you walk that direction, man. If he's called you to chug along, you chug along. If you don't have strength, you ask him for strength and then you keep moving. Don't you dare move a muscle in a different direction when God has not pointed you in that way to go. There will be obstacles, but you will overcome it. Look at this, look at this, verse 26. It says about Aphrodite, for he's been longing for you all. Wow, this guy was a soldier. This guy was a fellow brother, a co-laborer, soldier, raised to highest honor. You remember that? But he's longing for you. It kind of sounds like a child that's homesick, isn't it? He's longing for you. Don't forget, the church sent Ephroditus to be with Paul, to take care of him in prison, and to stay with him. But Paul's like, I got to send him back because he's longing for home. Don't write him off just yet. And has been distressed. Okay, that word is kind of crazy. Do you know there's only one other place in the New Testament that that particular word is used? Do you know where it's used? When Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and it says, my soul is distressed. Fellow soldier, right? Homesick, crying away. I miss my home. I want to go home. That's the kind of picture that you get, right? But you're wrong because he says that he was distressed and he was longing for you because you heard that he was ill. Weird guy, man. This is a weird guy. He's like, man, this guy is heartbroken and he's longing to be home because he heard that you heard that he was sick. It's kind of crazy. Now, I don't want to read into this too much, but it's quite possible that he wants to go back and encourage his family, maybe his children. Man, I know what my daughter's like when she hears that dad's out on the road and she's praying for safety. 
Is, is, is dad dad dead? Like, he, I heard he was sick. I hope he's okay. He's like, he's distressed. He wants to come back and encourage you because he heard that you, were, that, that you heard that he was sick. He can't wait to come back and encourage you saying, I'm fine, I'm okay. Can you see the love and affection that he has for the people in his church? The unity is like, I want to come back and encourage you. Please don't worry over me. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. You know, and Paul's like, dude, you got to go. You got to go because you're stressing out that they're stressing out. Go home. This poor guy. Verse 27, indeed he was sick, he was ill. How ill was he? Near to death. Yeah, brother didn't almost make it, right? He was near to death. But what happened? But God had mercy on him. But not only on him, but also on me. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I want you to know this, that you will have obstacles. Near death. But God had mercy on him. I I don't want to get all prosperity gospel on you over here, but if you serve God, he will serve you. Can I get an amen? You serve God, he will serve you. Hey, listen, this is not a prosperity gospel that says, work out your salvation, so do works and God will save you and God will bless you. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, it's it's about principle. When you serve God, he will take care of you because God is no man's debtor. God is no man's debtor. You stand up and you do what God's calling you to do and he will provide everything that you need for you to do what he's calling you to do. God will not tell you to do something without providing what you need for him to do, for you to do what he's calling you to do. Let me give you an example of this, okay? Of serving God and how God takes care of us. In my own life, I do not know how I've not fallen sick in such a long time. There are days during the week when I get a massive headache, but when I come to preach, I'm shocked. Sometimes I wake up with a sore throat and then it's gone when I get up to preach. I do not know how my family survives financially and how we survive financially when we started the church. God provides. I do not know how we have the presence of mind to go back home and for me to be able to lead my five children. That's a lot. Well, God will provide. I do not know how our cars keep running without breaking down. God will provide. I do not know how we get the deals that we get sometimes when we have to buy things. God will provide. When you serve God, God will serve you. Man, look at this building, man, that we get to meet in every single week. I know churches that have been like in the, in the valley longer than, than we have, and they still have to go set up and tear down and do this and do that. And God is like, you serve me, I will provide for you. It's insane how when you serve God, he will serve you. Dorcas in Acts chapter 9, it says there was a, a woman in Joppa. Her name was Tabitha, which is much better than Dorcas, right? I'm sure she never let her parents live that down. Darkest, really, guys? Like, come on. But her name means gazelle. Anyways. And since so she was full of good works, what did, her, what did her billboard say? Full of good works, ready to serve, and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill, kind of like our brother Aphrodite. And except that guy, God had mercy and healed him. This woman, she died. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 